Groundbreakers from 4constructionpros.com, the podcast that highlights the innovative equipment, technology, companies, and individuals that are breaking new ground in the construction industry. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today, and in this episode, Karthik Venkata Subramanian, Vice President of Data and Analytics at Oracle, discusses the migration of artificial intelligence and machine learning into the construction industry, the growing shift from proactive to predictive data intelligence, and what that means for risk management and process optimization on the job site. He also provides a glimpse of where this technology might lead the industry in the future. Let's get the scoop with Karthik now. Karthik, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I think just to kick us off, I'd like to get some background on the migration of artificial intelligence and machine learning into the, the realm of the construction industry. What would you say led up to the technologies being integrated into the the various types of um, software and technology platforms that we're seeing in the industry today? Yeah, sure. I I think there are three things that are at play here that's kind of causing a perfect storm. So first and foremost, it's the access to technology. Things like cloud computing have made easy access to compute and storage and GPUs, which means that doing machine learning and data science workloads in the cloud has actually become really, really easy. So access to technology is kind of one of the aspects. The second thing is the actual pace of digitization. So we hear customers that say that over the last 12 months, they have accelerated in their digitization journey, perhaps by three to five years. There's so much digitization that's going on at the moment and perhaps what people not necessarily understand is that digitization often leads to datafication. So data is the exhaust from the digitization process. And therefore, there is a lot of data that can be put to good use. And as you know, data is kind of the raw material required for artificial intelligence and machine learning. The third thing I think that kind of creates the perfect storm is our acceptance of technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning. Now, we might not label it like that, but in our day-to-day lives, when you see Netflix and you see a movie recommendation, you don't think much about it. When you're shopping online and it says you might be interested in all these other products, you don't think twice about it. It's almost expected. So our mobiles, our watches, our TVs, and in some cases, fridges and kettles and toasters have become smarter. So there's a general acceptance of these types of technologies. And I think that's what's getting translated into construction and engineering. So I guess the three things that are coming together, access to technology, pace of digitization in the industry, and the relevance of technology in our personal lives, I think these three things are coming together and accelerating the pace of AI and ML in construction as well. I would like to take a step back and talk about that that increased adoption of digitization in the industry. It was something that seemed like it was starting to accelerate a little bit even before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, it seemed to really take off. Can, Can you speak to what reasons might be behind that? Yeah, absolutely. So today you will find that, you know, people are talking about the new normal, 
the next normal. What's clear is that it's not the same normal, right? There is new, right. it's next. So things are going to be different. And I think what the pandemic has done is it's forced the question, it's forced the change. So every organization that we talk to have had to become creative about continuing business as usual in an unusual world. So as they say, extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures. They, I think the industry has kind of risen to the challenge and realized that digitization is not an option anymore. It's not a choice that they have, which they did before the pandemic. And therefore you find that a lot of the digitization initiatives have actually picked up because people are looking for creative solutions. I think there's two other things that are coming into play here as well. You know, when we talk about robots and um, such things that are going into sites and doing inspections, and we have some examples in Oracle's Innovation Lab in Chicago, I think it intuitively connects. You need not worry about, you know, social distancing, wearing a mask, sanitizing, density requirements. So you kind of think that if I can use these machines to do some of my work, including autonomous equipments and vehicles, that solves some of the problems that this new normal has created. And the other thing that I think is also happening is more and more people are realizing that things are less deterministic as they seem to be. The plan is a plan, but it is more probabilistic than you originally thought. There's less clarity about what might happen because things are ever-changing. And therefore, you want to think about what might happen. What's the probability that something might go wrong? And therefore, these kinds of technologies, I think, are becoming more and more rampant because of what COVID and the pandemic have done. And I think the best way to summarize, I guess, what's happened in the last 12 to 18 months is that a lot of organizations have understood that the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just a little bit extra. And I think data and digitization can help you with that little bit extra because it's now easily available, accessible, affordable, and reachable. And I think that's kind of what's helping during these times. I, I think that's a really great point. I think it is much more accessible and certainly there's more resources to help to filter through the noise of that data. Um, I think one of the things that we are seeing is that we're seeing it, it starting to advance from proactive um, intelligence to a predictive data model. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and what the potential benefits are? Yeah, absolutely. So for years, the industry has relied on lag indicators, where the focus has been on things that have already happened. So even when we track progress or look at everything that's outstanding and overdue, or talk about earned value, it might feel like it's being proactive. But really what it is, is a reflection of data that has already happened. When you talk about forecast, we usually have formulas that help us define what that forecast is. So we don't really use predictive intelligence in terms of what might happen to try and get ahead of the curve. So construction is typically cared about six key metrics, time, cost, quality, safety, risk, and scope. And I think there's an opportunity to get predictive about 
all of these metrics. So let's take the most obvious one, right? Like time, schedule. We can use all of the historical data and current schedule data and predict if there's a probability of delay and how much the delay might be and where that delay might exist. Similarly, we can do that for cost. We can use the historical data to see what the probability is for a cost overrun, where that might happen. And if you're going to get blindsided by an unexpected change request or a variation, Perhaps the other one that's really, really top of mind for a lot of our customers is the notion of risk. So how do we get predictive about risk? Because the risk register has always relied on people picking up these risks early on in the place. It relies on their experience. But what if we could use these technologies like AI and ML to develop a continuous risk radar that's always monitoring the project environment and the landscape and trying to figure out what might go wrong and surfacing that up. So I guess the best way to describe this is that years of using lag indicators and focusing on what has happened in the past uh, might have worked because it was okay back then. But right here, right now, we have the opportunity to be able to look at what might happen and take proactive action, preemptive action. And I think predictive analytics helps us do that across all the key metrics that we know that the industry cares about for delivering successful capital projects. Absolutely. Is there a chance that you could cite any um, and you don't have to include names of companies, but are there any specific examples of how a construction firm was able to take that type of predictive intelligence and apply it in their business and, and benefit from that? Yeah, so maybe I'll talk about um, Oracle's Construction Intelligence Cloud and the type of insights that we sure. provide. And I can tell you how customers are explaining that to us in terms of the opportunity. So some of the examples I was talking about are things that we are trying to solve with our platform. So let's take the notion of schedule. A lot of customers have a lot of P6 data and having a lot of data through thousands of projects that have been executed means that we have the training data required to be able to de develop algorithms that can predict delays. So one of the things that we do is we predict the probability of delay. We say well, how much that delay might be and which activities are predicted to be delayed. Now, if you take that notion that is invaluable in times like this because schedules are getting updated based on what might be happening on site or a new lockdown that might be happening or labor and material shortage. And as schedules are getting updated, what you want to be able to do is understand what is the likelihood of delay now? Is the probability increasing by how much? And what are the types of things you can do to try and mitigate that risk? So that's, an, that's the most common example that we're talking to customers about and that they're really excited. And the other big example is we're working on solutions to try and understand the probability of a dispute or a litigation, the probability of a health and safety issue that might happen on site and your ability to preempt that and take action. 
the potential that you might need to do some rework because people are working off incorrect documentation or be blindsided by change requests and variations. So once again, these are small examples of things that we're working on where we want to get predictive, we want to get ahead of the curve. And as you can see for each of these things, there is a lot of value in terms of what customers might be able to do. And this is like a small snapshot of the types of things that we want to be able to do. And depending on the customer and their project and the location of the project, we find that people are able to take different types of um, responses to these risks that are being raised. So really a lot of what you're talking about is risk management on a project, being able to take that information and translate it in a way that helps to mitigate that risk. That is true. So a lot of it is risk management, proactive action, but it's also about optimization. So now that you've found a risk, what do you do to optimize your schedule, your budget, your risk register? So there is a continuous focus on process improvement. And you will find that many other industries like manufacturing have gone through this process. They call it DMAIC, define, measure, analyze, improve, and control, like from the Six Sigma world. And some of these things actually help in that process, right? So you raise the risk or you raise something that might go wrong. You look at the underlying process, you start to fix that, and then you get into that journey of continuous improvement. So yes, it's about risk mitigation proactive action, but it's also about continuous process improvement. Okay. One of the things that pops into my mind is how scalable is this type of technology? Obviously, you can see how it can benefit these larger firms that are taking on multi-million dollar projects, very large scale projects. Uh, but what about the smaller construction companies, the small to mid-sized businesses that, you know, maybe it's a much smaller scale of, of opportunity. Do you see this technology benefiting them as well? I'm glad you asked. Um, absolutely yes is the answer. One of the things that we wanted to do was not restrict these types of technologies to the larger end of town. Big companies that can afford to invest in a big data science team. So a couple of things that we've done is we often say cost of the Construction Intelligence Cloud service I was talking about is about half a data scientist or 30% of a data scientist. And it's got everything prepackaged and built in. There is no data integration to worry about. There's no security uh, and cloud provisioning that you need to worry about. Everything is packaged and it's out of the box. And I think that makes a big difference because when we talk about democratizing AI, often people restrict that to the way they think about the data. So the data is democratized and therefore common data citizens can do a lot of things with data. But often not everyone is a data scientist and they don't want to be data scientists. So what right. we are trying to do in our products is give it, make sure that the insights and the intelligence is out of the box. Right when you log in, you're able to see the probability of delay and by how many days and which activities are predicted to be delayed. There isn't much of data science for you to know to be able to take action. We are able to show that here are the three places where we see risks of health and safety or litigation. Therefore, you can go and take action. And even when we do get technical, um, we talk about very, very basic concepts. We talk about pick a model from a dropdown, 
select the input variables from a checkbox and press a button to retrain off your data. So I often say that the data science that is involved in our product is simple enough that if you can pick a value from a dropdown, select a checkbox and click a button, you're ready to go. So to answer your question, we are absolutely focused on the fact that we want this to be available to everyone and not just to a few players because you can't change an entire industry and deliver better capital project outputs when only a few players have access to this technology. So our vision is that this is available to everyone that has the data and has the willingness and faith and belief in these types of systems to change the way they work. That's great. And I think that's going to be very important, as you say, to help propel the industry forward uh, in general. Uh, so what do you anticipate as the future for AI and machine learning? Where do you see this going over the next, say, five to 10 years? And, and do you anticipate that we're going to see an expanded adoption of the technology over that time frame? Absolutely, yes. I, I definitely think in the next five to 10 years, this is going to be the norm. Um, you know, if you look back on the way you consume movies today, you know, 25 years ago when you used to go to a physical store and I told you, look, you will be able to stream movies into your computer and TVs in the future, you would have looked at me quite surprised and you would have wondered what I'm on about. If 10 years ago I said to you that I might be able to recommend movies for you based on what you might like, you might go, how would you know that? And yet today, like I said at the start, there are so many places where we don't even think about it. We expect analysis and insights when our, when our watches track our steps. We almost expect that and we have goals for it. So I think the way we're looking at technology in the industry, I think there are three key things that will happen. There'll be more extensions of what we use in our day-to-day -day lives that will keep coming back to construction and engineering, whether that is IoT data and being able to do something with what's happening. Autonomous vehicles and equipments that can talk to each other and talk to the humans, that's going to happen. AR and VR that might happen on site. So there is going to be more and more of proliferation of our day-to-day -day technologies into, into the construction realm. The second thing that's gonna happen is there's going to be a lot of point solutions because everyone is potentially realizing the opportunity that this presents. There is so much of technology and so many opportunities, especially in the construction and engineering industry, because I'm sure a lot of people have seen that report a couple of years ago from McKinsey where construction was like a digital laggard. And I think that is a great thing because it has presented a lot of opportunities for startups and new companies to come and solve problems for the industry. So I think that's going to happen more and more, especially with technologies like computer vision to detect safety. So you can, a lot of cameras are now being used on site to see, are you wearing your safety vest? Have you got your gloves on? Are you maintaining your social distancing, right? And that's going to increase. You're going to be able to track progress on site or where a specific equipment is kept. And the third part of this is that this technology, like I said, will be the new norm. So when you go to site, you might be able to ask a Siri and Alexa or put some other name in there. Um, who else is going to be on site today working in this location? Has the sub finished this piece of work? Or 
Should I, can I come back again tomorrow to do this piece of work as opposed to today? There is a lot of questions that you can naturally ask and conversational AI, which, are, which we now all know, love and use on a day-to-day -day life can actually become a reality on site. But perhaps the most interesting potential is the opportunity for adaptive decision-making. Because a lot of the AI that we talk about today is augmented intelligence. The predictive insights are surfaced in an app and the human makes the decision on what needs to happen. But perhaps in 10 years time, there are little things that the machine can make recommendations and based on settings can adapt a process. So it finds that this particular process should take 15 days, do not make it 20. And every time it sees 15, it automatically says, this will take 20, here's our recommendation and this is why. So the potential for adaptive process improvement and adaptive decision-making is quite exciting. So I think I'll leave this with, lead this discussion with this thought that I feel like when the art of construction meets the science of data, the possibilities are endless. As you can see, I can keep going on because I think we're only beginning to scratch the surface. I will not argue with you on that. I think that we are only beginning to scratch the surface and I think it's going to be a very exciting time for the industry going forward. Karthik, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. I, I, just some fascinating insights and I appreciate your time and, and all of the insight that you have shared with us. Absolutely, it was a pleasure talking to you, Becky. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you to our guest, Karthik Venkata Subramanian at Oracle for joining us. Tune in every week for another episode of the Groundbreakers podcast by 4constructionpros.com. Be sure to subscribe and share as we break more new ground together. Until next time.